Hang in there, idiot. Smiley Kaufman for 61. Wow. I'm Smiley Kaufman, and this is The Smiley Show. Smiley, day two of our Ryder Cup journal, and what a flourish to end the day. I mean, I <laughs> woke up at 1.30 a.m. this morning, and we are about two or three hours in, and I, I, I will, the, my thoughts were kind of in line. I'll paraphrase a Homer Simpson quote here, where we wrapped yesterday thinking, that was the worst day in Team USA Ryder Cup history, to which the universe replied, that was the worst day in Team USA Ryder Cup history so far. Because you were out there on the course, you were with the Brooks Kepka Scotty Scheffler group that lost nine and seven to Victor Hovland and Ludwig Ober. I'm, I'm not going to say his last name correctly yeah, as, annoying, as a man right? who recently <laughs> we've been saying who- Aberg for so long. <laughs> well, listen, as someone who recently changed the pronunciation of my last name, I, I yeah, we, really no, we don't we guy. don't last name judge. <laughs> we don't last name judge around here. But I mean, and, and obviously, we're gonna we're gonna kind of work through the day and and get to where it finished, where the U.S. now has a fighting chance. But I just want to hear, you know, what what was going through your mind watching? I mean, Scotty, Scotty, and 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 Brooks lost nine of the 11 holes they played what was it like following that group witnessing that well it uh, it definitely felt that way uh because <laughs> honestly they could have won all 11 because it was man just scotty and brooks they were five over through three they doubled one they doubled three and bogey two they fright from the get-go just i don't know if it was there there's there were rumors about guys being sick on the team yeah and so i'm wondering in my head like they just look lethargic you know they played so well yesterday afternoon and they birdied 14 15 16 17 18 so you you think they're showing up and playing victor hoblin and ludwig oberg thinking you know what i can pretty much chalk that up as a scotty and brooks if they're going to get some type of point whether it's a half point or a point and it was utterly i mean it was it was just domination it was just absolute domination i don't think anybody would have beaten victor and ludwig mm-hmm. this morning they played unbelievable and if you've never played alternate shot you, you'll never know how hard it is because you mm-hmm. can't get in a rhythm and it's it's just so odd you, you just put it in a position that you've never like you know you can always kind of work your way through a round but you know, sometimes you don't putt for a couple holes. You don't hit an iron shot for a couple holes. You don't hit a driver for a couple holes. So there's just that mental fatigue of trying to figure out, you know, where exactly you are in the day. Every shot, especially in the first six holes, feels like the first time you've done that shot in a while. So which gets to my point about those two this morning. They did not miss a fairway and they only missed one green. And I had them on my count at four under through 11 holes. And that's with, and that's not with the two conceded birdies that were given to them. So could have been six under if they would have putted those eight to 10 footers out that they could have made. So they very well could have been six under through 11 holes, which I mean, that that's beating pretty much everybody out there in that format. So give, give them credit first. Nobody was beating him that day. Just unfortunately, I think it was it just was, you know, not to get the best out of Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Kepka, who if you look at this entire American team, all 12 of them, 
you would single out if you had to have a draft of who you're taking in a major championship blind. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter the major. You're taking Brooks Kepka. You're picking him probably first or second. And then you're probably taking Scotty Scheffler. So for those two to go out in that format and, and be done on the 11th green was absolutely shocking. Yeah, I mean, I think I just wonder, and you were out there, so maybe you know more about the dynamics of it, but I wonder what it was like for Rory and, and, and Tommy Fleetwood to be wherever they were in their match early and to see, you know, Vic and Ludwig coming up to their match. Like, wait, what What happened I'm sure everybody there? was just like, what is like, <laughs> what is going, going on? on? Is this a misprint on the board? Because, man, it was, uh, they they played unbelievable. And they, they got beat in the afternoon, but I'm, yeah. I'm sure we'll get to that. Well, and, and, and so, and, and again, we are going to kind of end this with, you know, it's, it's, and it really ends on a positive note for, for team USA. I mean, I know it's still 10 and a half to five and a half. It's going to require a Herculean effort tomorrow to get this thing done. Well, walk I mean, me through th- what happened in the last. So where I got in the shuttle to come back to the hotel, we didn't, didn't get a chance to watch any of it was I saw Rory hit it on the green on 16. Yeah. And then didn't see anything after that. So. So then we get the 17, the par three. Rory misses left. Uh, Which and, is a and tough up and down. Tough up and down. And Pat, Patty hits the green. I don't know why I call him Patty. I'm, I'm getting very overly familiar with the people in this. But Kelly hits, hits the green. My boy P-Dog My boy hits the P-Dog, green. P-Dog, Patty Ice. Well, I think I feel familiar because what he did to close out the day. I mean, a lot of group texts where Patty Ice is being thrown out there. But so he hits the green. I think he probably had like an eight-footer for birdie, right? So, and and I'm just going to skip what Fitzpatrick and Clark did because they're irrelevant. Um, Rory hit one of the sauciest little chips that just kind of landed left the hole and zipped back to where it was like a, a, you know, this far for par. And they cut away to the team Europe guys who's, watching on the side winning? of the hill. Like, so uh, 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 they're two up. They, they are. No, at this point they are. Europe is one up here because, because Rory just Rory made a birdie and, and Canley made a birdie on 16. So the match stayed one up. Europe, oh, honestly. I thought they were two up going into 17. No, they were, they were, they were, uh, yeah, that's right. They were one up going into 17. Okay. So Rory hits this saucy little chip and they cut away to all the European guys on the Hill. Rom, Holland, Strzok, just, just like, like are you serious? Boy. What was that? <laughs> Canley makes his putt. So birdies it. So now they're all square going into 18. So then Rory hits a drive. Way how, long was, how long was um, Can- Canley's uh, probably like an eight footer. Okay. And then, okay. And they were some like crazy long, but okay. And they were giving it, they were giving it to Canley about the hats all day long. They actually, I think Steve Sands asked him about it on the 18th green about, I mean, did you, did you catch one of this report on the broadcast? I think oh, yeah. Zinger mentioned it. Yeah. So he, he, his answer was great. He's like, it just doesn't fit. The hat didn't fit. It had didn't fit a whistling straights. Didn't fit this week. So I don't know. Yeah, if Zinger, more Zinger called it clickbait on. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was it, just it, too it, many conflicting reports. And the, and honestly, right. with Patrick Cantlay, all we've gotten from him is conflicting reports and everything with him in the world of golf. It's it's been on the polar opposites of every end of the spectrum with him. It was he's going to live. He he's now upset with the PGA Tour and he um, he wants out. He's trying to he's trying to. Um, fire people on uh on the board this and that and then i hear the opposite then i hear he's saving the tour he's helping guys um to try to get and this is a totally different conversation for another day but it's to the point of of this week where the Ryder cup and the and zach johnson gets um on an interview with our guys and he says you know this has been one of the best team rooms i've ever been a part of so then in your head you're like hold on is he lying because 
we heard a report that Patrick Cantlay is, you know, dividing the team room. He thinks the Ryder Cup should be paid, played or the guy should be paid, which I don't disagree with. I think the Ryder Cup is one of the best ripoffs in the in sports because the, the amount of money it generates and the amount of little money that the players make. I mean, he's got a point, but right, it is for right, the right. love of the game. And if if anybody can look at something where people are making money off of them, you can be like, you know what? I, I definitely see a world in which the player should get paid in this. But that's a debate for another day. But that's that's kind of the conversation we're talking about with with right. Canley and this hat thing where it's like we just never know what's true and what's not true with Patrick. A hundred percent agree. And just to pause quickly, just to kind of get people up to speed, you kind of outlined it there. But I worth, I think it's worth I don't need to quote the report because, you know, it's been the sourcing is kind of vague on this sort of thing. But effectively, the the, the main pieces of that report were that Cantley feels that the guys in the Ryder Cup team should be paid more money. That Cantley did not participate in the the gala, you know, where the sort of the dinner is right, the right, team right. had. Yep. Forgot that, that he, one. That he and Xander are in a separate area of the locker room, their own sort of you know cordoned <laughs> off area. I have a hard area. time believing that too. I have a hard time believing, and, and that it all stems from feeling like because oh, these and guys, the Netflix thing too that they and that he he and Cantley or he and Shoffley were this driving force behind not having the cameras in the room because they feel like we're not getting value out of this. And I think, listen, I mean, as someone who's worked in media. Like I completely understand the agreement or, you know, just the, the argument that, hey, don't try to pay me an exposure here. You know, like pay me real money for, for the work I'm doing and the value I, I'm generating. I think the, the reason why the cameras aren't in that room is just all of these guys are generally friends out here. And yeah. this is a week where you try to find motivation in any way possible to to get the guys riled up and whether that's talking shit about a player or if there's yeah. somebody that really bothering you this week that that you just want to air out your dirty laundry you don't want the world hearing that because now that creates a conflict with you and a in a, in a work colleague week in and week out who you had a sure. generally a very good relationship with so i do I, understand I, it from that perspective i have no problem i have no problem with if that's Cantlay's line of thought i have no problem with that if, if the cameras thing i have no problem with that i just think and i'm curious your thoughts on this too that if you know, it, it, and, and look, he went out and he, and he won his match with a huge, huge birdie putt on 18. So it, it's kind of tough to okay, critique. So we, you didn't get, we didn't get that. Uh, we, we didn't even get that far. <laughs> you just, I mean, you just, it, you just ruined the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, to, to fast forward you through that as well. I mean, effectively he hits a drive, I think on the, on the, in the rough kind of right rough on 18, he hits a three wood that lands short right of the green and trickles into the rough, not into the bunker, but right on the edge of the rough. Where's the pin? I didn't even get to 18 today. The the pin was it front right. It, it was like front right. It, okay. it, it, it was just right. and, yeah. And 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 so Wyndham again, unfortunately, Wyndham's sitting in the fairway, he hit a 350 yard drive, hits it right into that collection area again. down again, yeah. and then leaves a chip short on the fringe. Oh man. And, and so um and Fitz hit it. I don't even I don't know. What even did, what did Wyndham look like in that whole deal? Did he look comfortable? Did he look like the moment was too much. Just it, it's a tough shot. Don't get me wrong. It's a it's there's water left. It's you know an, an uneven lie. Very easy to hit it out to the right. I just did it look like he was quick. Did it? What did when you he see? when he hit the shot? When he hit the shot, he immediately put his head down and pulled his hat down over his head. You could tell he was feeling the moment a little bit, and I okay. and I think that had something to do with the next shot he hit as well that he left short. You could kind of hear a mouthing. Oh, it was just a bad lie, which I'm sure is something you need to tell yourself to keep yourself in it mentally. But he did look like. The moment might have got to him a little bit. And, and and I think that, you know, it's tough to kind of have the scar tissue of having that same line, that same shot two days in a row and to do that same thing twice. And hopefully the fact that they ended up 
not giving away a half point this time and winning one through Cantlay's putt you know, helps turn okay. it for him. So but yeah. what happened with Cantley? You, you again, skip to the end. <laughs> so, to where, the end. so where did so, he, so how long R- was the putt? Rory, so Rory was long left. Then he hits it down to the right. And then he has kind of a, a tough bunker shot that he kind of, it's like, it's almost like it's, it's a short side of bunker shot that he has to almost land in the rough to take some heat off of it. Instead, it lands a little bit further kicks and he's probably got like a 20 footer for birdie. Right. So Cantley has this little kind of weird chip. And, and you, know, you don't know how, what the rough's going to do to it. He hits it and he gets like all of it. And this thing goes like, you know, 15, 18, oh, 20 feet past. So yeah, that green slopes, it, it kind of slopes towards the back left corner of that green. So I, I assume that's what happened. Ran, ran away from him. We're, so, so he's further out than Rory is now. So uh, we're th- but where did you think Patrick was going to chip it? Like, did you feel like it was one that you can easily get closer? Like was 20 feet like, ah, that wasn't like terrible. I think, I mean, and you're out there looking at these lies. I mean, you hit it in some of these lies in the rough. It's just a total crapshoot. I mean, I've oh, seen it was in the rough. I thought you said yes. it was. Oh, okay. I thought it, it was like it, first it cut caught, fairway or something. It got caught right. Like, like, I don't want to say it was overhanging the lip, but it caught, got caught in that little chunk of rough that was in between the first cut and the edge of the bunker. And it was kind of, and, and the, that ball disappeared. So oh, it was, okay, it, yep. he had right. a wonky liar. Yeah. And then he so makes then, a putt. And then so he misses. makes a putt. And, and 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 there's a bit of controversy there too. Everyone's going nuts. Joe Lacavas Lacavas throwing his hat in the air, and he's kind of backing into Rory's line. Shane Lowry comes out and starts yelling at him to get off the green. There, apparently, in a, again, this is all quick interviews after oh the round. Drama, done. <laughs> big time drama. And Lacavas, oh was, there's was a lot of heated discussions going on. Um, and and uh, so yeah, so so then then Rory misses, so they win the full point there. All right, Smiley, it wouldn't be a Ryder Cup unless we had some day two drama. We thought there was going to be no juice after a crazy day one. But for those of you watching on YouTube, you're wearing a different outfit than the rest of this episode because you had to come back post shower to discuss something that we both saw on the Peacock <laughs> recap. That has to be covered. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I have no clue where I'm going to edit this into the podcast, but at one just point like I said, randomly just me in a in a dress shirt is where it just like just in the middle just like it's just gonna, <laughs> <laughs> oh hey outfit change uh but but the reason we're doing this of course is because we mentioned the whole kerfluffle on the 18th green where patrick Cantlay makes a bomb for birdie that you know if rory ha- has another putt that could have the whole you know but if he misses it of course the u.s wins a crucial point and joe lacava patrick Cantlay's caddy was celebrating and and we i told you that that shane lowry took some exception to that well it turns out Rory took a little bit of an exception to that, too, because we both saw as soon as we finished our first record video of Rory attempting to get into his courtesy car and and Bones came over. Justin Thomas's caddy and was, you know, obviously a very nice, agreeable human being attempting to, I don't know, have a conversation with him, explain. And Rory is heated up. And this comes from Rex Hoggard of the Golf Channel. He's pointing in Bones direction. He says that can't happen. It's a disgrace. And then he also said a lot of other things that I'm not going to say on this. Uh, that it looks like he was looking past Bones, though. Yes. And, and so and that's what if, if you can. I, 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 I think um, that uh, I, I am pretty sure that Joe LaCaba is standing in that collection. I think so, too. I think it's of team. Yeah, this is all as well. This is all yeah. um, about the, what happened on 18 Green with Joe Acaba. I don't think Rory felt like he was able to have that moment for it to just be about that putt. And I think the Joe Acaba thing with Shane Lowry, I think that interrupted. Did that? Did you see the Joe Acaba thing happen before Rory putted? 
Yes. It, it, okay. It so did. definitely yes. that, that changes things. And I would, I can understand why Rory would be upset, but at the same time, from what I understand, the entire day, the fans were obviously treating Patrick Hanley like crap. So what's, what's taken into account. Yeah. Let's say the Ryder cup thing with the hat is a total fluke. It's made up. It's clickbait. Sure. Then you could totally understand from the U S side that why are they, why are they saying this about Patrick if it's fake? Okay. I mean, you, you can go back and forth on this, but still the fact that I heard that there were not only players, but they were encouraging the hat thing throughout the day. Like this was something that I don't know if it, if it was the players, but it definitely, it kept happening every single hole. So you have to wonder where did it start? Was it the players? Was it not the players? But still juicy. It's- it's, it's it's juicy and 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 we saw Shane Lowry come in both he was the guy who was yelling uh at, at Joe LaCava on the 18th green and he's also the guy who's coming over to Bones trying to separate Rory from Bones get Rory in the courtesy car he walks away and he, he well, he's sticking up for his guy he's that's, sticking up for his that's guy that's what he's doing he's sticking well, up for his guy but we and we saw Lowry yesterday go nuts for Victor Hovland's made putt on the 18th the one on a half point I mean I, my feeling on all this is it's the Ryder Cup I this love is, all this awesome. so we need it we need it's so juicy we need it on both both sides Love i think it. It, i think it's if the european guys want to encourage the fans who are yelling can't lay over the hat great but don't get don't get upset if joe lakava is going to go nuts on the 18th green to see his guy who's been hearing it all day long you get a little fired up for a birdie that won him a full point and and you know i guess you know look i understand from roy's perspectives i'm trying to make a putt to salvage a half point and you're interfering with my process but guess what at the Ryder cup sometimes your process gets interfered with that's just how it goes yeah, but on 18 green, I can I can see if it was a player, uh, I th- I think it it's not as big of an issue because they can they can get, take that in one on one. But when a caddy does it, who's standing up for his player at not the right time, I can understand why a player would feel upset about that. But I do understand both sides of it, so uh, which makes it a great quarrel and a great thing to cover. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that we pulled you out of your shower. You're on your way to a yeah, much You're wearing a button down. You look fantastic. Man. I mean, you the other great. videos that you're going to see with what I was wearing, I feel like it was like a scratch and sniff. You could just basically just <laughs> you can just smell what I looked like walking 36 holes that day. So I, I smell fresh, feel like the shampoo smells good and the body wash is great. So. Uh, yeah, had to cover it. Um, it's going to be, I can't wait. I might get there a little earlier tomorrow just to see what's going on. Oh, wait. So in this case, do we want to see Rory against Patrick Cantley tomorrow? Or do we want to see Rory or excuse me, Shane Lowry against Patrick Cantley tomorrow? And we have to have one of either of the two, or this is a disgrace by the PGA of America, not to change whatever's on the list that come out and make sure that Rory plays one of those two guys. Well, the players involved are Joe LaCava and then obviously Patrick Cantlay. And now you have oh, Bones. Bones, Bones involved. Uh, I, so think Bones a, I think he was a middle guy. I think he was a middle guy. And, and Lowry, of course. <laughs> but here also, like, I'd love to see Wyndham and Rory. After what Wyndham said to start oh, I mean, we- <laughs> I'd love to see John Rom Brooks Kepka. After what Brooks said about John Rom, did you see that that Rom got asked about that today as well? And then also, I'd love to see Patrick Cantlay versus Brooks Kepka as well. I think those two guys should go play because of Brooks Kepka's things he said about Patrick Cantlay's slow play. Can we just have an American on American duel? Maybe <laughs> as a little appetite before this thing gets going. I mean, there's just there's so many endless possibilities with tomorrow, and people forget it's oh, not even man. close. It's, it's not- like <laughs> this thing is not 
not even close. <laughs> I think the headline is this is so good. This is just what we needed. We we needed literally the last, the second to last part of the day. And I guess by extension, the last part of the day, because Rory got all upset about his, is that we needed some juice heading into the final day and we got it. And man, I'm fired up for Sunday at the Ryder And Cup. And you saw my tweet, right? Dude, I, I was going to say, while you're in the shower, I have at least four of my friends text me and said, hey, your boy, good tweet. So the reviews are rolling in. I mean, and I I just, it just felt like I was like, there's a joke in here somewhere watching this. And I was like, what, what would make me angry right now? The Delta medallion program that's, that just got enacted by Delta. So what a time to bring that up and have everybody to have a, have a laugh about that. You've now hit the Delta Turkey. This is the third time the Delta Medallion program has been mentioned on this and, podcast. And, and if, Delta's trying to, if Delta's trying to come on as a sponsor, I'm actually, I'm still going to be a Delta guy. This is just, yeah. you know, like uh, I'm, I'm still a Delta guy. I'm, we're hey, we're, we, we're, we're here pro- to mediate. We still support. We're, we're here to mediate in the same way that we like the Bones, Rory interaction. Delta, come on the yeah. pod. Let's talk about the no. Medallion program. All right. No, no, no. We want them to be a sponsor. Like, we want oh, your money. Give we us your, your money. <laughs> 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 All right. I got to go. Like, this has been too much for me today. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, just to kind of take it back to where we, we, we started with Cantley, it's like, if you're going to have and, and who knows how true these reports are, but if you're going to do the separate part of the locker room thing and, and you're going to, you know, if this is going to become an issue in the locker room, I, I, it's sad to me because it's like, hey, if you really are so upset with this that you want to protest this, then just don't play and let someone else take your spot. Yeah, but, I mean, we can't speculate on this. We like, can't speculate. We can't. Yeah. And, 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 and if none of this is true and if it's not affecting his play, and he's going out and winning points then does it really matter? And is it worth bringing up? And I think, honestly, he was smiling, everyone waving their hats around. He was he had a wry little smile for everyone that was giving it to him. I think he kind of fed off of it. I mean, I just don't know how, how you feel well, about it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he did. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he did. And we, we kind of had to show it. You know, it got to a point where every single hole, every, all the fans had their hats out. So we addressed yeah. it. I mean, Zinger kind of talked about how he thought it was clickbait, didn't believe it. And and I'm sitting there thinking, like, I don't know if I believe it or don't believe it, but I, I can understand the perspective of uh, just, yeah. you know, just everything with Patrick. We always heard the rumor about him going to live golf tour. We heard about him totally uh, having issues with the tour. And so definitely, definitely interesting. I, I don't know what what's true and it's not true, but um I definitely think the other thing. So I, in the afternoon, we're going to get to that. I was. Yeah, I was with Jordan and JT and we got to ask you about 16 T. We have <laughs> to talk about. It. And, and by the way, just because I know you're on the shuttle back, uh, they asked Zach Johnson about it on the 18th green. Oh, what did he and say? He said he said, I'll never tell a guy what club to hit. I'll, I'm just giving Jordan information. And I'm wondering if even that. That even that intervention in that high leverage moment did he come still up, like, felt too much. Did Jordan ask him for information? That's what I'm saying is I, I don't. I didn't see. I just saw Zach come up and I saw all three of them calling or talking to each other. And that's when I let our producer know that Zach was on the tee talking to um, Jordan. So you have Jordan to assume is, that he went up, right? You have to assume Jordan wouldn't call him over. I, I, I think given what Zach said, I think Zach went up to give him some piece of information. OK, let's let's assume um, yeah. we, we don't have to assume either. Um, yeah. The fact is. Here's here's what happened. So it's about two hundred and eighty eight yards to the pin today adjusted. The wind was in off the right about 10 miles an hour. That creek that runs up to the right side of the green 
the only person in the field that could hit three wood on the green today was Rory. And he did. Yeah. And <laughs> unbelievable. And shot. you had to you had to take a, a super aggressive line, almost started in the water or right of the water and kind of ride the wind a little bit. But from what I saw with Rory, he had just a straight ball, which is insane. The guys, that's just stupid. But it's super. <laughs> that's I mean, that's he's he's superhuman. Everybody else, that's what you would have had to do. And so here's the way I looked at it and the way I called it. So we saw Robert McIntyre hit it on the green. They're three down in the match. And when you see somebody drive it onto a green, whether they're going to have a tough putt or chip, regardless, in your head, you're thinking, I need Send to be it. thinking too. And yes. So where I kind of get lost in this and, and JT hit a very nice drive, just got over the green to the left. And I think that's when maybe the question started coming up of JT knew that he was in a bad position. Any player can look at their yardage book and see that whole location and know where JT ended up was going to be a very difficult pitch, even though he was just a yard into the rough. They, we're like, you know what? That's not a great spot. But still, I think Jordan, if he pulls driver and hits that cut up against the wind, which is honestly, you can play a tee it down just a little bit and, and hit a normal one and fade it and just go right at the pin and try to finish it at the pin or right of it to where, you know, if it goes over the green, it's an easy, somewhat easy pitch. It's just a very hard shot to pull off. But in that scenario, knowing that Robert McIntyre is on the green, and, and Justin Rose is in the bunker, you have to expect that they're going to make a three. What does laying back short in between the bunkers with a three would give you? Like, does it give you a, a really good shot to chip in? Ah, debatable. I mean, I would say if you gave Jordan in between those bunkers 10 balls, he may hold one of them. But mm -hmm. if he pulls off the perfect driver and hits it to 10 feet, if I give him 10 balls from 10 feet, he's probably making, you know, six, seven, eight of them. Uh, if he's got the right putt at it, but that was the way I looked at it. That was my perspective. I thought the right play was a cut driver up against it and in, in, in playing the aggressive play. And, um, you know, it just, he, he actually, where his eyes were looking with the three wood was with that. So I think a lot of people questioned that three wood was never getting there. Like, why did Zach tell him to change to a three wood to try to hit it on the green? I wa I watched where Jordan was set up. I was right behind him. Yeah. He was aimed in the middle of that fairway to the left, like he was, his eyes were not looking at the pin. So for those that are like, well, three wood wasn't the club. Why is Zach trying to change his club? It was a strategy decision to try to have the easiest pitch shot. And, yeah. but then we kind of just explained that. So definitely do, do, crazy. Um, I think Zach Johnson will be remembered in this. And this is kind of where to finish up on this. Zach Johnson, if they eventually lose, which is kind of looks like, it's going that direction. It's felt that way the whole time. He'll be questioned on his team that he brought. He'll be questioned on, on his lineups he put out. He'll be questioned on just kind of how he handled the interviews and just people. I think just people have been just annoyed with just the lack of fight from the team, the lack mm. of, I, I wouldn't say it's tough because the spirit, it's tough when you get nothing going out there, but you know, it, it's just the the helping with the golf clubs on 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 certain shots. And I talked to a European player, uh, somebody from the other team, and he mentioned that Zach had been helping with clubs on other really? holes as well, which I don't know how much Luke Donald was doing that. And and yeah. the captains are the only people that can give advice to 
the players. So the, only the captains, not the vice captains. The vice captain oh, interesting. Okay. can't come up in that situation. So very interesting. Um, definitely, you know, Jim, we still talk about Jim Furyk's Ryder Cup is in the fact that it just, you know, it's, it's going to be remembered for him. It's going to carry that legacy of him being the captain and not getting the job done and questioning decisions. And I think the same goes for uh, potentially Zach Johnson with the team he brought, not bringing certain guys, you know, bringing what people quote unquote call the boys club, which I'd, I'm like, we've talked about this. Like I've, I've been saying how difficult of a decision it was going to be for Zach Johnson. Everybody's going to think, Oh, I want a JT Jordan, Ricky on the team. No, I, I, we've, we've been talking about how, there of those six picks, I could have given you 10 more and totally. I didn't, I could have made an argument for 10 more guys. Could Bryson have been on the team? Keegan and Luke Scott? Yeah, absolutely. But I understand all of the six picks. It doesn't mean they were the right picks, but I understand um, why they were picked and in this situation. And, um, and if they lose and potentially looks like that's going to happen, I mean, he's going to have to answer those for those picks. And, um, and, it, and it, it's not the picks that that lost in this Ryder Cup. And, and right. if they do lose, it's it's the it's John Rahm, Victor Hovland and Roy McIlroy playing at an elite level. And if you have those three guys playing at an elite level, what it does for the other guys, it gives first off, they've split all three of them up every single session. So like they're not playing ever with each other if those three guys are playing good you got another guy you're dragging with you the whole way that's a veteran player that that he can help um or those players can help while they're out there so it's yeah to me man like that's been the biggest thing is obviously the the u.s not being informed but really the the top of the european guys just playing playing really well I mean, it's it's the Europe kind of has that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts thing going for them most years. But this year, they also have a ton of talent in the back half of the roster that's really rounded into form. Um, I'll say this to kind of leave it on a positive spot for Team USA. That team, when Kaylee made that putt, looked fired up on the 18th green there. Down and five. So, down five. Down five. Ten and a half, five and a half. So tomorrow, heading in tomorrow, any, any big things you want to see in singles? So they, get, they have to get... They have to win four matches to win the Ryder Cup. European team does. They have to win four right. of 12 matches. Seems like a big so ask. The U.S. has to, well, the U.S. has to win nine matches. I mean, I, I, what, any, any lineup thoughts or anything you would, anything you would do there based on the way it's, because, because, yeah, because if the Europe went, if oh, Europe wins four, oh, let's, let's do some math again. All right. <laughs> let's redo the math situation. Okay. Europe has 10 and a half. They have to get to 14 and a half. So they have to win yes. four matches. But the United States is at five and a half, and they all they have to do is get to fourteen. So well, I, I guess that's right. So they only need to win. Oh wow, this is this is, no. If, if they win, if they win nine, matches. if they win nine matches, they get yeah. They, the eight and a half is all I need to retain it. Listen, eight and a half points. I went to LSU, and some people say we don't do math down there. <laughs> I was in the a journalism major at Carolina. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like now. North Carolina is like probably a better academic I took school two math but, classes and i didn't do particularly well that was them. that wasn't like your math there wasn't wasn't math in my head my math so I, had math to, I had to fix all that so <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i i think i think yeah, well nine nine would have got you to 14 and a half but of course the u.s only needs eight and a half yeah. points to get the thing they, they so, just gotta get to 14 i mean who do you send out first who do you send out last yeah so i think it's a a big question mark what luke donald's gonna do with his roster i think 
you would think, wouldn't it be really smart to send out Victor Hovland, Rory McIlroy, and John Rahm the first three matches? But I'm honestly, I've kind of gone in a different direction. I think it's really good to send out some veteran guys like a Justin Rose, because you know, you know what the USA has to do? They have to front load the absolute crap out of their lineup. It's going to be Max Homa. It's going to be Scotty Scheffler. It's going to be Justin Thomas. It's going to be Brian Harmon. Like those are going to be the first four in some particular yeah. order is what I'm thinking. So if you can have Justin Rose go up against a Max Homa and steal a point and then have, you know, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland going up against the guys who haven't played as well this week for the U.S., you, you got to think they stand a pretty good chance to win those middle matches, which is where I think those guys are going to slot in. So it's definitely a debatable topic. Like, do you front like do should both teams front load and then but I'm kind of in the fact that I think the best players for Europe should be hanging out in the middle, have Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Rose going off the first three. And then from there, have your kind of your rookies in the back half of your lineup. Well, ton to look forward to tomorrow. Uh, I mean, it, it will be a finish for the ages without a doubt. If the U.S. can come back and get this done, uh, just hoping for a little bit of intrigue. That's all. Just something to keep us interested. But uh, yeah, we'll be back here tomorrow recapping what could be a wild finish. Uh, so tune in back here for, for day three, our final day of our Arctic Cup journal. Uh, we appreciate y'all listening. We'll talk to you then. The Smiley Show is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast.